Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Gospel means good news. The good news of Jesus Christ is that He came down from heaven in the form of a man, lived a sinless life, died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sins, and returned to heaven where He will remain until His second coming. When you choose Jesus, you are free in Christ. Today, Pastor J.D. asks, what are you doing with that freedom? Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on May 19, 2019. A war could be started accidentally. That caught my attention. Of course, if that were to happen, we know that it would be no accident because the Bible tells us that this is exactly what will happen at the time of the end. And it is beginning to happen. And we need look no further than to specific prophecies, two of which we talk about seemingly every week. Isaiah 17, concerning the destruction of Damascus, Syria, and Ezekiel 38, which describes this alliance of nations invading Israel to take their oil slash spoil. And the nations that are listed in Ezekiel 38 are today at the ready in Syria, Russia, Iran, Turkey, Sudan, Libya, the area known today as Ethiopia. That region will all ally together. Interesting, no mention of Iraq or Syria in Ezekiel 38, which some suggest is explained by the fulfillment of Isaiah 17 concerning the destruction of Damascus, Syria. Takes them out of play. What about Iraq? Well, Iraq's very interesting right now. Some believe that the ancient city of Babylon, which is about 50 miles from Baghdad, the capital of Iraq, is going to, and even now, even was when Saddam Hussein was alive, being rebuilt. Some suggest that will be the Babylon that is described in the book of Revelation. So they're taken out of play. They are not involved in this allied invasion that we have in Ezekiel 38. But the common denominator again is the oil, the spoil. They're not going to wipe Israel off the map. 
They're going to take what Israel has. What does Israel have? Oh, and they have a lot of it. Natural gas, oil, technology, prosperity. And by the way, this is the hook, I believe, personally. This to me is the hook that God says, I will put in their mouth and as a bait, bring them from the north in the Golan, vis-a-vis Syria, into Israel to invade the land. When Israel is dwelling, thinking that they are secure and strong and prosperous and protected, that's when it's going to happen. Dare I say (laughs) that it is imminent. Wait, Pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying this is it? I kind of said that last week, didn't I, that this is it? And even if it's not, this is where it's headed? In preparing for today's update, I found myself once again inquiring of the Lord concerning the why. And by that I mean the the question of why does this really matter? Okay, so let's just say that uh, this is not it. And something's going to happen, and Iran is going to back down, and there's not going to be any invasion of Israel or destruction of Syria. Okay. What if it is, though? What if it does, though? What if that's where it's heading, though? Well, again, for purpose of discussion, let's just say that it's not. Aren't we supposed to occupy till he comes? Aren't we, and I want you to think this through with me, wouldn't it be of paramount importance that we are ready if it doesn't happen soon? as opposed to not being ready if it does happen soon? I have to say that this is really why it is that every week when we do these prophecy updates, I want to be as ready for the rapture of the church as if it were today as I would be if it weren't ten years from now. If the Lord tarries, I want to be found faithful occupying until he comes. I want to be like that one steward that the master gave ten talents to. And he said, I'm I'm leaving, and then I'm going to come back. So I'm going to give you these talents as stewards to manage. So the guy that was given ten goes out and makes ten more. But then there's this other steward that is only given one. And he just buries it. He doesn't even put it in the bank to earn interest. And the lesson of the parable is, when the master returns, will he find us faithful doing that which he called us to do? Occupy till I come? Be busy about the things of God until I come? That's what Jesus said. I am coming back. And when I come back, will you be found faithful? 
doing that which I had entrusted you with, to whom much has been given, much is required. But if the Lord tarries, and He doesn't come back as soon as we think He might or hope He will, I want to be found faithful with what God's given us here. I want when He comes back to say to me, to you, well done, good and faithful servant, enter in. I gave you ten talents and you made ten more. The thing I don't want to hear Him say is I gave you these talents and out of fear, fear, you dug a hole and you buried it in the ground. And then what's your excuse when he comes back? Why didn't you do anything? Well, I was afraid of you. And you know the fate of that steward in that parable and the lesson from that parable. It is my hope that we would want to be prepared and have nothing happen instead of not being prepared only to have something happen. This is a life principle, really. I would rather be ready and have nothing happen than not be ready and have something happen. And especially if that something is the sound of the trumpet, when the dead in Christ rise first, and we who are alive and remain are caught up, raptured up, to be with the Lord in the air prior to the seven-year tribulation. In Luke twenty-one twenty-eight, when Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, in other words, when you see the things that will be ultimately fulfilled in the seven-year tribulation begin prior to the seven-year tribulation begin to come to pass, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws nigh. Now, every week, week in and week out, I stand before you, as is my privilege to do, and I share with you that I truly believe with all of my heart that the Lord's return is at the door. And when I see what's happening now with the escalating tensions with Iran and the United States and Israel and all the proxies that are there in the Middle East, exactly as we're told in Scripture they would be. My posture is this. Okay, Lord, I'm ready. I have no unfinished business. My affairs are in order. If you were to come back this afternoon, and he could, I'm ready. It will not be for me as a thief in the night, and I pray for you it is not as a thief in the night, that you are not caught off guard. Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. I come at an hour you expect not. You know what that means? That when he does come, when the rapture does take place, oh, by the way, <laughs> uh, a couple nights ago, I, uh, my daughter and I watched that uh, Left Behind movie with Nicolas Cage. I love that movie. I mean, I don't know about the accuracy of it, but I, I think you pretty much get the point. I mean, here are these people going about their lives just, I mean, all caught up in the cares and the affairs and the busyness of life. And it's just in an instant. And that's it. That's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. Now whether it's going to be as soon as we hope or think or want, that is how it's going to be.
And as I look at what's happening, just by sheer virtue of all of the prophecies in concert with Isaiah 17 and Ezekiel 38, all of the prophecies that are now beginning to come to pass at the same time, simultaneously, just the statistical probabilities of that all happening at the same time tells me this is it. I don't know how soon. I want it to be very soon. Uh, I want my son who flies home from college this afternoon to come home first so he can, he can come after that. <laughs> but I want to be ready, and I want to be found faithful, and I want to be as ready as I would be if it were today as I would be if it weren't 10 years from today. This is why we do these updates, and this is why we share the gospel of Jesus Christ at the end of these updates. And I hope that you don't, I don't mean to be mean by saying it this way, but I hope you don't just think, ah, there we go again. I wish we could all bow our heads and close our eyes so I could slip out. He's going to do the ABCs of salvation again? Yes, I am. Um, I'm already saved. Okay. Well, what about someone else? That someone else might be sitting here in this church. You don't know. That someone else might be watching online. We don't know. Or how about this? Let's just bring it a little bit more closer to home. That someone else might be someone that God brings into your path this week for such a time as this, to share your faith. You know the most on-fire Christians with the most joy, I mean so much joy it almost makes you sick. The Christians that have the most joy are the Christians that are sharing their faith. You show me a Christian that shares their faith, I'll show you a Christian that is so full of joy. And isn't it true for those of you who have had the privilege to lead somebody to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, is there no high like that high? I mean, I've, I'm not proud of this. I, Before coming to Christ in my teenage years, I did a lot of drugs, and I did a lot of damage with those drugs. But there is no high like the high of sharing your faith, even if they don't come to Christ, just watering that seed, maybe just planting that seed. So maybe this is for you. And by the way, and I mentioned this last week, maybe I need to mention it again this week. If I can do it, you can do it. No, for real. If I can do this, you can do this. I mean, it's, it's easy, I understand, to look at me as the pastor and think, well, yeah, of course, you're the pastor. Can I just bring him to church and you do the ABCs for me? What if maybe the Lord wants you to do it? I equip you. That's my job description, if you will, in Ephesians chapter 4, is to equip the saints to do the work of an evangelist. So I'm giving you a template, if you will, something that you can use. It's not the only way, it's a way, a simple way, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody. And sometimes it's 
it comes about like, I mean, don't, don't be obnoxious, by the way. Oh my goodness, I shriek in horror to think of all the times when I was a young believer. I just, I was so obnoxious. I would try to share. I mean, it was, you know, God knew my heart. But, you know, I would, and people would run. I mean, they would see me coming. They would just start running. Oh no, here, there he is. As I've matured in Christ and grown in grace, I, I have come to realize, because I'm a Christian first and a pastor second. You know that, right? So I, I want to share my faith, and I do, not from behind the pulpit. And one of the things that I've found that's very effective for me is to ask somebody if there's something that I can pray for them for. I have yet to have anybody say no to me. Hey, can I pray for you for something? They'll open up. And to really give them a listening ear and a compassionate heart and a caring spirit. I mean, people have stories, man. I mean, if they'll share with you, say, man, you know, can I just pray with you? You don't know what God's going to do. He will open up the door. He will present the opportunity as only He can. Don't force it. Let Him lead it. Don't push it. Let Him lead it, and He will. So, if I can do it, you can do it. There's nothing fancy Nancy about this. There's no need for eloquence. In fact, I'll never forget the the first time uh, I shared my faith with somebody. I was so nervous. And I mean, I was stumbling and bumbling and fumbling. And God, as only He can, they gave their life to Christ. And when they said, yeah, I would like to, uh, you know, be saved. And, I, and I'm like, okay, God, now what do I do? Now what do I do? They want to be saved. I, I didn't get that far. I didn't think they were going to get saved. My, my very first invitation as a pastor at the end of a message, I was so nervous. I was so scared. You know, what if nobody raises their hand? You know, well, their heads are bowed, their eyes are closed. You know, raise your hand and we'll pray for you. I didn't have the guts to say, hey, come forward, you know, because then I would look down and there wouldn't be anybody there. What do I do now? Worse yet, what if there's a whole bunch of people there? Now what do I do? Here's the thing. I don't have to do it. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And here's why. Jesus came. He was crucified. He died for us, paying in full for us on the cross, in the crucifixion. He was buried, and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the good news. That's the gospel, which is what the word gospel means. Good news. Your debt has been paid. Your penalty has been satisfied. You're free to go. Now what are we going to do in response to this offer, this free gift that has been paid for for us instead of us? How do we respond to that? How to be saved? Is it complicated? No, it's not. It's very simple. (laughs) It's ABC simple. Again, this is a way 
to be saved. The A is for acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you need the Savior. This is, in effect, what it means to repent. Repent means do a 180, an about-face. It's a change. You've now had this change of mind, so God, by the Holy Spirit and the regeneration process, can change your heart from the inside out. It's that I change my mind, I am a sinner, I have sinned against God, I need the Savior. You're acknowledging your sin. Romans 3.10 says, there is no unrighteous, not even one. And by the way, we give you these passages in Romans, often referred to affectionately as the Romans road. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, all were born sinners, which is why we must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Romans 6.23 sort of packages the bad news first with the good news. What's the bad news? We've all been sentenced to death because of our sin, because all have sinned. And the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. We have all been sentenced to death. But, good news, there is a man, the God-man, who walks into the courtroom of the universe and says, I'll go to my death for them and pay their death penalty instead of them. And the judge says to you, good news. You're free to go. Your debt has been paid. It's a gift. It's the gift of God, and it's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and as Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, that God raised Him from the dead. If you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then lastly, the C. It's for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Some will suggest that this is a public confession, not being ashamed, not denying Jesus before men. You confess it with your mouth. Romans ten thirteen sort of seals the deal, if you will. It says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. All have sinned, but all who call. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag, of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.